Previously on the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. What an amazing time to be alive if you're a sports fan. There is no argument that Steph Curry is the best shooter to ever play in the NBA. Coach Prime has flipped the number two recruit in the entire nation. I'm endorsing Bubba McDowell for that job. I wish him all the best in his future endeavors. Hopefully he'll be able to check in every once in a while. Montgomery, they're getting the hell of a guy, man. Congratulations. Hey, this is Haywood Jeffrey. Please hi. I mean, to be one of your coaches. We had 11 pro bowlers on that team. Personalities galore. Haywood didn't seem to care about anything. Dion gets to do this. My family. What, Alabama doesn't have a coach with a southern drawl? We believe in change and we're prepared for it with new techniques and new approaches. And as for our part, we feel that you're the best pieces of manpower available in this whole region. Let it go out there today, baby. Three. Two, one, and once again, our mighty ship is back on course. Welcome to the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. Oh! Mama, there goes that man. You ladies and gentlemen, star of our show. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the first edition of Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast for 2022. So glad to be back with you for another year as this thing continues to go and grow and get bigger and better. And I want to thank you for all of your support. If this is your first time checking us out, Thank you for coming aboard, and we hope to be a part of your podcast menu. In addition to that, if you're returning, hey, welcome back. And again, I hope you guys had a great holiday. I took my time to enjoy the holiday, and now it's time to roll up our sleeves and talk about a lot in the world of football and even more. We're going to get into a lot this episode. I'm going to tell you all about that in just a second. But first, let me remind you of ways to be interactive. First, you can go sometimes, not yet, to the WadesWordProductions.com website, WadesWordProductions.com. That'll be up soon. It's been down. It'll be up soon. In addition to that, we have a 24-hour-a-day sports line available. If you have a comment, a question, a suggestion, anything you want to have on this podcast or any input you want to have with your thoughts and your takes, you certainly can do that 24 hours a day. Just leave a message, and you could be a part of the very next podcast. You can do that again by calling 832-941-6614. Now, on social media, Sports Talk with Devin Wade group on Facebook. It's a fan page. I have a fan page in a group. The group is much more interactive. So if you're on Facebook, that's where you want to go. And you can interact with other folks who are like-minded and listen to this podcast. And finally, on Twitter at Wade's Word, W-A-D-E-S-W-O-R-D. Now, this time out, going to talk some NFL as the playoffs are right around the corner. We have a, a kind of a vivid picture of who's going to be where, and we'll get into some of that. I have from the special teams unit, Reggie Brown. He'll be here to join us. We have our resident DJ, DJ Anarchy. We have... On the Mono Award and a whole lot more. So let's get rolling for 2022 with some headlines. 
in headlines. There's a lot to talk about in the NFL. But before I do that, let me start with something sort of personal, personal for all of us as a part of the podcast. But one of our guys, a frequent guest, is a head coach at Prairie View A&M University. I've been talking about him the last couple of episodes. Bubba McDowell got the head coaching job at Prairie View. He was on the show a few months back, and he's always been a friend of the show, former Houston Oiler, a former The U safety. He played at Miami, won a national championship with them, and really was an outstanding player in the NFL and an even better man, and I think he's going to be a tremendous coach. So congratulations to Bubba McDowell for becoming head coach at Prairie View. So now you have uh, two of our guys that uh, we'll have to root for except when they play the Texas Southern Tigers. I'm talking about Eddie Robinson and Alabama State and Bubba McDowell. So the swag, I'm telling you, any uh, any more of my friends want a head coaching job? Anybody else? Any, any You? You? Anybody want to coach? Just say, let me know, and we'll get you there. <laughs> this seems to be a, a training ground for future head coaches in this way. Maybe. No, not really. Both of those guys earned everything that they're getting, and I hope both of them do really, really well. Well, uh, the biggest story in the NFL is, well, it depends on your perspective. But Antonio Brown did something unprecedented, and we'll get into that. But let's talk a little bit about the NFL's playoff picture as it looks just about set. And Tennessee is going to be the number one seed likely. They have to win Sunday to clinch it against the Texans. Who knows, but nah. Derrick Henry may be coming back. So if they're the number one seed, they're the only team in the AFC to get the bye week. Then they have Derrick Henry who came back off the IR to practice. They said possibly he could play Sunday. I don't see it happening. And more likely, he will play their first game in the playoffs. So that's huge. Really, really huge uh, for Tennessee. In addition to that, in the NFC, Green Bay is doing their thing. And to me, they look like the favorites. Uh, a lot going on with teams emerging. And I'll tell you the team that was the biggest surprise winner, maybe not in the upset sense, but it still was really surprising. The Cincinnati at home came up big in a big game. For the first time in a long time, they had a huge, huge win beating Kansas City. And the way they did it, they went down 21-7 and came all the way back and won that game. Man, I'll tell you what, Jamar Chase was the man. He had a a all-time game versus uh, Kansas City, and Joe Burrow was magnificent. I mean, that combo is going to be something to watch for years to come. They beat Kansas City. I think uh, now you have to again start to worry about the Kansas City defense. Now, we'll have to see what happens. They won't have a bye week, it doesn't look like. And so they'll be playing in the first round of the playoffs. The 17-game schedule is about to come to an end. Did you like that? Did you like the 17th game? I, I kind of didn't. I, I'm not really feeling that. I, I don't I don't know how I feel about that. I don't think it added much. Uh, maybe I, they'll go to 18. But, again, the hypocrisy of that versus the, all the talk about player safety and CTE and all of those sorts of things. You know, we'll have to see what happens moving forward. But the bottom line is, what's the, the famous thing? The answer to all your questions is money. And so that'll rule the day. And I think, of course, I'm excited for another week of football. But I don't know that it added what I thought it would add. And uh, we'll have to see. With all of the changes in the NFL over the last couple of years, 
Uh, will fans really respond to that? A couple things when you talk about the NFL. Big Ben played his last game, we assume, in uh, Pittsburgh. At home at Heinz Field, had a win over Cleveland, and he got a chance to savor the moment and all of that. A lot of people do not like, they cannot stand Ben Roethlisberger. I, I like big men as a football player. Now, I don't know what kind of guy he really is. I mean, I won't necessarily get into that this time out. But, I mean, I liked him as a player. Big guy, big arm, Super Bowl winner. And, again, he and Mike Tomlin. Tomlin, Mike Tomlin, the head coach uh, for the Pittsburgh Steelers, 15 seasons, never a losing record. He will not have a losing record this time out because right now they're 8-7-1. and one. Even if they lose on Sunday, they will be 8-8 eight and eight at 500. So Mike Tomlin, what a phenomenal job he's done at Pittsburgh year in and year out. You just know, even when you write them off in October, you know when no, late November and December and January rolls around, this is a formidable team, a tough team to play. Uh, they will likely not get to the NFL playoffs, um, but I will tell you this, they are still a team that you don't want to deal with, especially when they're healthy. And uh, let's see what they do to upgrade at quarterback. And that's, this is what is going to be an interesting offseason when you think about quarterbacks. They're going to be massive massive, potentially massive changes at the quarterback position. I just jotted a couple of these down. Baker Mayfield may or may not be in Cleveland. There are rumors that the Texans may be interested in him or that might be a potential landing spot. That would only intensify my dislike for that organization. So I hope that that does not happen. Matt Ryan, will this be his last go-round in Atlanta? Russell Wilson, will he be out at Seattle? Cam Newton, is he's out. I think he'll be done. He may be done for a career. Jimmy Garoppolo, I think he's done in San Francisco. Uh, Tua, Tunga Vailoa, I don't know. He may be done in Miami because we know for sure Deshaun Watson is done in Houston. So there's a lot of movement there. And there are some teams that will be looking for quarterbacks and uh, looking to solidify that position. You talk about teams like New Orleans. Do they come back with Jameis Winston? Do they go after some of these guys uh, that I mentioned on this list? Uh, what about the Denver Broncos? What are they going to do? Are they going to stick with Teddy Bridgewater, or are they going to try to upgrade? I would think that they would try to upgrade. Is Sam Darnold the man in Carolina? We don't know what's going to happen with that organization. The Cleveland Browns, it looks like they'll have Baker for at least one more year, but maybe not. Pittsburgh will be looking for a starting quarterback. Atlanta could be looking for a a starting quarterback. And what about the Washington football team? Who, by the way, on February 22nd of 2022, will announce their new logo and nickname. I'm... I like watching the football team. It's actually grown on me. But I know to sell merch, you got to have a mascot. So they're going to get a mascot. I, I think they're going to screw it up, but they'll have one. Also, a couple of losses in the world of sports. One, of course, in the NFL. You talk about John Madden passing and what a an impact he had. And I remember him as a coach and what he did with Oakland. Otis Sistrunk and Cliff Branch and Stabler, Mark Van Egan. Who else was on that team? Dave Casper, Fred Bolitnikoff. I can name all of those Raiders. The Raiders used to be the NBC like afternoon team. You would always see them frequently. Of course, here in Houston, we always got the Oilers. 
And then you always on CBS always, always got the Cowboys. And so in the afternoons or when the uh, the Oilers were in prime time or something, you always got a chance to see the Oakland Raiders. But his impact on, on broadcasting, if you want to think about it like this, Madden, really the game has real life trying to replicate aspects of the game. Think about the, the camera in the center of the field trying to catch the action from the same angle they do in Madden. Look at some of the things, just some of the technological things that they've done on, on the Madden game that they've tried to sort of implement in the real game. And, of course, we know that players argue about their Madden rating all the time. Just had a, a really, really huge impact with the game, with the football game Madden. Also with, you know, the Telestrator and the Turducken and Thanksgiving. And I talked to Haywood about this, and Haywood said, look, when I was named to the all-Madden team, that was bigger to me than being named to the Pro Bowl. He said, I was much more, he said, man, that meant everything to me to make the All-Madden team. That meant even more than the Pro Bowl. So that's a, a huge, huge loss. He was 85 years old. Also, um, Ross Browner, he, who uh, played many years in the NFL, died of COVID recently. Defensive lineman, Cincinnati Bengals, played at Notre Dame. His brother, his brother, one of my favorite players back in the day for the Minnesota Vikings, Joey Browner. But Ross Browner was 67 years old, passes away. Also, Sam Jones in the NBA, Boston Celtics. And he won 10, count them, 10 NBA titles with the Celtics. I'm going to ask Ralph Cooper about him on Saturday because I don't remember. Obviously, I don't remember him playing. He was 88 years old. But you heard about those teams with Sam Jones, Casey Jones, uh, and then, of course, Bill Russell. You had from Texas Southern on some of those teams, Benny Swain, back up. Benny Swain uh, from a uh, former Texas Southern Tiger and head coach at Jones High School. He was on that team. Who else? Uh, Koozie. Uh, did I name Koozie? Yeah. So a lot of um, talent on that team and uh, all-time great, and Sam Jones passes away. So let's get to Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown, Antonio Brown. I can tell you this. What has been refreshing is that many, many people are talking about Antonio Brown's mental health. A lot of people are showing some empathy, or not, if not empathy, they're expressing a desire for him to get the help that he may need. And the empathy actually came from Bruce Arians and Tom Brady. So, of course, you know by now that he was asked to go into the game. He didn't want to go in the game. He was asked again, and then he left. Now, you have conflicting reports. We don't know yet uh, everything that transpired. We do know that Mike Evans tried to talk to Antonio Brown, and he jetted anyway. Took his, his pads off, his shirt off, threw him in the crowd, jumping jacks through the back of the end zone. You saw it. It was something I have never, ever seen before. I, now I saw a, a, one of my teammates in high school quit at halftime. He left shirtless, stared on his pads uh, on those lower extremities, but uh, <laughs> took his pads off, no shirt on, stormed out, tears in his eyes, and he was pissed off, and he quit the team at halftime. Now, I've never seen a pro do this. And so while people keep talking about uh, Antonio Brown's mental health, I see this a little bit differently. And again, sort of go with me on this. So if he had been a model citizen this entire time and then had this outburst that was just so uncharacteristic of previous behavior, 
You say, man, what is wrong with Antonio? Man, this is not my guy. What is going on with my guy? Even with some of the the, the tragic CTE cases, you start to hear people say he had uh, violent outbursts, things that he never happened before. Some of the stuff that Antonio Brown has done is consistent. So you can say, okay, well, maybe he had mental health all the way. You know, but I grew up and we knew people who were just ignorant. Just you wouldn't hold a job, couldn't hold a job. You know, let me, I want, let me, let me be careful what name I pick. Uh, you know, old Sam, Sam, he, he went down, he jumped on his boss again. Uh, uh, Sam brushed the windows out of his house because his wife locked him out. I mean, whatever. You know, it was like every other week Sam was doing something. Well, you look at what Antonio Brown, and I'm not to say that uh, his behavior, all of it, although he has some alleged criminal behavior, a lot of, none of this is really criminal behavior. It's just not professional behavior. When you talk about him bailing on Pittsburgh, and when he bailed on Pittsburgh, this was a situation where I kind of was through with him. He was one of my favorite receivers. Uh, he was my favorite receiver for a while there in the NFL and one of the best, if not the best, receiver in the NFL for three, four years in there. The dude was amazing to watch and what he was able to do on a football field. But when I can't count on you when I need you, when Pittsburgh was trying to make their push for the playoffs, if I can't count on you when I need you, then I'm going to let you make it. I, I, I can't. I can't count on you. And I talked about this with Kevin Allen, the Silver Fox on KTSU Sports Talk about Kyrie. You do me no good if I can't count on you in the trenches. If I'm going in the battle, I need to know that you got my back. Or at least you're not going to quit. You can't do it. And what you did to Tom Brady, I mean, I'm not crying crocodile tears for Tom Brady because he knew what it was, but he vouched for him. He wanted him on the team. He knew what kind of receiver he could be. He let him move into his home, tried to work with him. And then, of course, Antonio did Antonio. Now, if you want to go back and say he's always had mental health issues, well, I hope that he gets the help that he needs. But we have to decide, okay, how much are we going to attribute to mental health? Because if we're going to do that, we can do that to the guy at the post office or the, the, the rude clerk at the department store or whatever, or somebody tripping on your job. You know, are we gonna, and that's fine if we want to go in that direction. But with Antonio Brown, I mean, the behavior is just being ignorant and self-centered. Now, he seems to be a narcissist. Now, again, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a psychologist or a psychiatrist. But he seems to be focused on just about himself. And we saw what he did to Pittsburgh, when he did what he did in Tampa Bay. What happened in Oakland was just bizarre and crazy and just it was all about him, him, him. And if you hear some of his former teammates, as his prowess and talents grew in the NFL, he got more and more Antonio Brown. So, again, I think he's done in the NFL, and he just ruined a Hall of Fame career, which was really, really unfortunate. Uh, he'll never get in the Hall of Fame, and I don't think he will ever play in the NFL again. With that, going to take a brief time out, come back. I'm going to give you an update on what 2021 was for the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. We have Reggie Brown coming in from the special teams unit, and he's going to do an addition of balling or fall. And, of course, we have a Lamont Award and so much more. This is the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. Anywhere you get your podcast. For past episodes or more content, go to wadewordproductions.com.
Your children are the most precious gift God has given you. Their well-being is of the utmost importance, and finding childcare that exhibits the same belief is, well, non-negotiable. So why not end your search at Brighter Brains Learning Center? Located in Stafford, Texas, Brighter Brains is a licensed, family-owned and operated daycare that promotes an early educational foundation and provides an environment of love, safety, and quality care for children ages 6 weeks to 5 years old. For more information, call 346-328-3717 or visit brighterbrainslearningcenter.org. It's Shelly Wade, and welcome back to Sports Talk with Devin Wade. Welcome back. The first episode of 2022, and I'm anticipating a big year. We want to do a lot of things if we could just get over the hump with Omicron. Yeah, I want to get us together, but I'm overly cautious. I probably need to deal with that. I'm overly afraid of COVID. Now, again, rightfully so. My brother was really, really sick, and his in-laws were really, really sick. A guy I used to know really well died. Younger guy, younger than I, or maybe around the same age, died. I've been extremely cautious where others have had uh, COVID fatigue. Now, I was ready. I was ready to take the mask off. I got my shots, my booster shot, all of that. But, uh, yeah, when we get over all of this and everybody has had it or protected from it, then we'll do some big things in 2022. And I think I'll be doing some more video stuff, some more visual stuff. I know some people are very visual, so I'll be doing uh, some of that as well. And I'm going to tell you what 2021 was like, but let me clarify a couple things on the Antonio Brown thing. I take mental health very, very seriously, and I, I mean, I'm an advocate for seeking and for funding of mental health. We need to stop criminalizing mental health issues. So don't think that that I am dismissive of some very potentially some very serious issues with him or a number of players. I take those things very, very serious. But with him, what are we doing here? Are we just going to say, hey, we're not going to recognize this pattern of behavior? Is the pattern of behavior evidence of true mental illness however i guess he has periods where he can function properly i don't know uh, and i guess time will tell i don't wish any ill will uh, on him i mean i like antonio brown as a player i didn't mind his eccentricities it's just that when i need to count on you and that is gonna cost that team a super bowl i really do think so you can talk all you want to about tom brady and what he did with bill belichick and all these no-name receivers and jabbar gaffney's of the world and i I just threw his name out because he's with the texans but all of those uh, you know troy brown and all that just all those guys who were just marginal edelman edelman's not a hall of fame he's i mean so they talk a lot about what he did with inferior talent and he had the cabinet filled with talent in tampa but fournette is hurt Godwin is out for the year. You have Antonio Dunn, and even Mike Evans is not 100% healthy. So they have some big-time issues, uh, but we hope that that works out for, I mean, at least from the mental health aspect, I hope he's he's okay. So let's talk a little bit about what happened in 2021. So I go back, I, I do this the first show of every year where I talk about what we've done. So we did 33 episodes last year, which was 
almost half of what we did the previous year. We did 62 in 2020, and then we did 33 episodes in 2021. Now we've had a 37% increase in folks coming into contact with the podcast. So the podcast has grown by nearly 40%. And I want to thank you guys for that because it's been word of mouth and you guys sharing. I don't advertise. Uh, And so the people who hear it or heard about it, hear about it from word of mouth on social media or whatever. And I want to thank you guys for doing that. So we had, as it pertains to guests, we had 18 different guests appear or voices, special teams unit. I think Eddie was on 16 times, I think. I think that number was right. Terrence Harris, of course, nine times. And uh, just another, Haywood was on a couple of times. Uh, Just a number of folks. We had a cross-section of media folks, former players, coaches, all of those folks appear in 2021. But again, we had, let's see how many hours we had. 47 and a half hours of programming and we're going to do more than that in 2022 god willing so we look forward to that going to take one more time i'll come back on the other side with balling or falling with our guy reggie brown from the special teams unit and we still have a Lamont Award. First, a word from our sponsor and a mix from our resident DJ, DJ Anarchy on this, the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast, anywhere you get your podcast. Sports Talk with Devin Wade wants to thank our sponsor, Kofi Bankus and CoBank Homes. The vision at CoBank Homes is simple, and it stems from the belief that clients can trust CoBank to guide them to realize one of, if not the single largest investment decision they will ever make, their home. CoBank simply looks to build lifelong relationships through service. They do this by using faith, knowledge, and technology to guide clients through the process of achieving their real estate goals. Be it buying, selling, or investing in real estate, contact Kofi at 832-757-7950. That's 832-757-7950. CoBank Homes through Keller Williams. Instagram, that is DJ Anarchy. He's in the greater Houston area, but he's from the VA. 
He's from Virginia, so uh, he does his thing. Want to thank him for that and remind you guys that if you have music you want heard on the podcast, just email us, music at wadeswordproductions.com. That's music at wadeswordproductions.com. If it's a, a an original tune or something that is a, a mix for all my DJs out there, an extended portion of a mix will be played at the end of the show and a snippet at the halfway point. We just heard some, some Christmas music from Terry donald last episode so the genre doesn't matter doesn't matter we want it to be relatively clean so radio edit if possible if not we'll have to work around that but you can have your music heard on the podcast with that let's get to the special teams unit member reggie brown our guy former nfl receiver and a former really superstar at alabama state and uh, we get into a number of things including an addition of Ballin' or falling. So here is our conversation with Ray. Well, for the first time in 2022, joined by a member of the special teams unit, the newest member of the special teams unit, Reggie Brown joins us again. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, brother, and look forward for all the good things we're going to do in 2022. Yeah, man, a lot going on. And first things first, let's take care of the swag. Big news in the swag today. Our guy, your former teammate, Bubba McDowell, is the head coach at Prairie View A&M University. We've talked about it. We talked about it last time out. He's been the topic of conversation for a while. What are your thoughts on Bubba getting the job at Prairie View? Well, I'm super excited for Bubba. I think that he's going to do a great job. When you talk about Bubba McDowell, you're talking about a guy who checks all of the boxes, right? He's a guy who has been in the swag at Prairie View for a while. He loves that university. He's a hard worker. He relates to kids. And so I can tell you that the swag, in my opinion, has upgraded some coaching this year. And I'm super excited to see what happens next coming football season. Yeah, well, and, and that's the thing, uh, you know, I'm and maybe I'm the good luck charm for these guys. Both of these guys have been uh, talking about Eddie Robinson and Bubba. Both of those guys Indeed. have been integral parts of the podcast. We talked to Bubba just before the season started, and one of the things he was talking about, which happened this year, Prairie View never did close out. They would have a couple big wins, and they wouldn't close out and get to the SWAC championship game. This year, they were able to do that, and that was one of the things that he was emphasizing with the team under Coach Dooley, that, hey, we need to finish this year. They went to the SWAC championship game, and now Bubba is, is leading the way. Talk a little bit more about the SWAC coaching, the roster of coaches in the SWAC these days. I mean, when you talk about Dooley going to Southern and Eddie Robinson at Alabama State, Dion at Jackson State, Bubba now at Prairie View, you're talking about some high guys. And there's been some changes in the coordinator as well. The defensive coordinator from Alcorn, Cedric Thornton, is now going over to Grambling. So there's been some movement. And I think that all of this is just exciting for the SWAT to bring the conference back to prominence. And I think that everybody recognizes and sees that this is a great opportunity for the conference. And most importantly, I'm excited for those kids. I'm also excited that Bubba McDowell brings credibility 
but he's also able to bring NFL folks to the table. And so a lot of the things that they need at Prairie View to help that program be successful, Bubba's going to be able to reach out to his connections and really bring those things in. I think that Hugh will do the same thing at Grambling. I think that Eddie will do the same thing at Alabama State. You know, these kids today, they like stuff. And to be able to recruit top talent, you got to have stuff. And these guys are going to be able to bring that stuff to the conference. Yeah, and and again, you always thought, I always thought, okay, infrastructure first, then you'll draw uh, the kids, and then you'll get the coaches. And what we've seen with Dion, the dynamic is you get the high-profile coach, they'll help with infrastructure and bring in money and interest in the program, and then, of course, the players will come. So it's uh, worked out in in reverse of what a lot of people, I think, thought, that these guys can go out and and help create that infrastructure that you need to recruit against other schools uh, of similar size and level. want to ask you, obviously, the NFL playoff picture is coming into focus. We have just about everybody in. In the NFC, it's either San Francisco or New Orleans for that final spot. In the AFC, you have the Chargers, the Raiders, and the Pittsburgh Steelers, all with an opportunity to still get into the playoffs. The Ravens as well. So a lot will happen this weekend. But what's your take on what's happened in the NFL going into the final week of the season? It's like you said, man, as a football team, all you can ask is to still have a chance at the playoffs. And the teams that we've talked about, Pittsburgh, New Orleans, those teams have overcome adversity. They fought. And, you know, going into the last week of the NFL season, my team is out. But I love the fact that football on the 18th week is still relevant. And teams are going to come out and play hard, and I think we're going to get some really, really good football come Sunday. What do you think of the 17-game schedule? Because it seems like it didn't get, to me, now this is just my take, it didn't give the NFL that punch that you thought it might. It, I, don't, I don't know. I don't like the 17th game, and, and I really don't like 18 for player safety, but what's your take on a 17-game schedule? The people that I talked to, most of us didn't even notice the 17-game schedule. I think that, for me, just as a fan, I want as many games as we can get. And so, from that standpoint, I thought it was good. I I don't know how much it affected it. I know at the end of the day, it affected the bottom line, which is what the NFL is all about. You get one extra game per team, you get a whole lot of money for that one game. And so the NFL is probably going to say it's been a success just because of the financials behind it. Yeah, but, you know, so much of the talk around the NFL has been about player safety and CTE and doing what's right for the players. And then you go and add two more regular season games. You know, it just doesn't, like, you can't do both. You can't be concerned about player safety and continue to add games. And, And obviously, you know and I know. It's really all about the money. Uh, but it's not a good look when you talk about player safety, If you, in, in my opinion. You know, I'm an old-school football player. You know, I grew up in a time when you got your head knocked off. They don't play that brand of football anymore. And so I am trying to really understand this CTE stuff and really wrap my mind behind the medical side of it because the players are so shielded. You can't hit them here. You can't do this. You can't do that. 
but you're seeing more and more torn ligaments, more and more concussions, more and more of all of these things. So it's difficult for me to even kind of understand all of this because, you know, I took some shots playing and I was always back on Sunday or Saturday if I was in college and ready to go. And it's so different. So I'm still trying to even understand how this all ties in together. Let me ask you about aches and pains because you know a lot of your former teammates you know, they're not old guys. And, uh, you know, a lot of them have lingering things uh, that really came from their NFL career. Any aches, anything that any lingering injuries for you personally? And as you talk to your former NFL alumni, you get a sense that these guys, are, uh, they have a lot of injuries that they, maybe not debilitating, but really like nagging pain, you know, pain in certain areas, knees, ankles. Man, it's all of that, man. I have to ask my wife sometimes, hey, man, did you beat me up last night? I went to bed <laughs> feeling fine, and then I wake up in the morning and my neck hurt, and you move here, and it's a shoulder, and you you know, you you bend down, and now you can't get back up. So the NFL and, and football in particular, it's a, it's a physical sport that really takes, takes a toll on your body. And, you know, now I try to continue to do stretching and work out to try to stay on top of it. But, yeah, you know, it's a brutal sport. And a lot of times, and I was just telling, sharing this with some people, a lot of times it's not the big hit, right? It's the you know, the 300-pounder falling on top of you when you, you know, at the on top of the pile. It's being, you know, catching a pass and just being twisted down or bent over and all of those things that, for me, those are the aches and pains that I feel, just the twisting and the bending. The big shots, you see a lot of them coming. You're able to tense your body up and, you know, and, and, and prepare for the impact. And so I don't feel that way. I feel more of, man... You know, I've been twisted up and bent over and mangled all up, and that's what I'm dealing with. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, I want to ask you about Antonio Brown, but first let me ask you about your Miami Dolphins. Dolphins really had a, a monumental run there in the middle of this season, fell short against Tennessee. They're eliminated 8-8 eight and eight on the season, and now you're starting to hear that Deshaun Watson talk ramp up again. Do you want to see, as a Miami Dolphins fan, would you like to see Tua Tungavailoa still be the starting quarterback in Miami? I do. I, I, I think Tua can play. I don't think that the organization has done a good job of surrounding him with players. You think about um, just from an offensive perspective, you have the 32nd worst offensive line in the league. You don't have any recognizable running back. You sign Will Fuller from the Texans. He doesn't play but 60 plays the first two games. He was suspended, and then he only plays in two games. And so I don't know how you evaluate a quarterback with all the things that have went on with him. Now, let me say, if we're going to purely talk football, Deshaun Watson is a generational talent. And so if you're comparing Deshaun Watson to Tua, you clearly want to take Tua. 
but with the price tag on Deshaun, as lo- along with all the other things that he's dealing with right now, I prefer that the Dolphins stay with Tua and surround him with the team, uh, great players, and then we can make a referendum on him. Yeah, because, I mean, I saw somebody pose a question, and maybe you saw it on Twitter. They said, okay, well, will the Dolphins benefit more from having three first-round draft picks and $75 million under the cap or having Deshaun Watson no first or second round picks the next couple of years and only have $35 million remaining under the cap. So you have a choice there. And I think for me, I would probably, all things considered, and and I think you're exactly right, Deshaun Watson is clearly the guy you would want to go with. But if you're really trying to build a, a sustainable winning program, you man, you, if you can get some, if you hit on those first and second rounders, you really can set your franchise up for years to come. Do you agree with that, or, or what's your take? Well, I, I think that for the Texans, they certainly are going to try to get as much as they can for Deshaun. He's never going to wear a Texans uniform again. I don't think that they're going to get what they're looking for. You know, it's particularly with all the things that are hanging on. I think that the Texans are trying to get as much as they can and these high asking prices. And, you know, there's just too many people. I think the the owners are too smart to give them what they're asking for. I just think that you get Deshaun Watson with the price tag, but you give up all of the draft capital. Then you're not able to surround him with other great players. And I think that's, again... He becomes a better-than-average quarterback, but I don't think he leads the team to the Super Bowl because he doesn't have anybody to play with. Yeah, and I think yeah, I think a lot of people would agree with you on that one. Well, the biggest story in the NFL has been Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown leaves in the middle of a game, takes off his, his shoulder pads, his undershirt, and does some jumping jacks through the back of the end zone. Have you ever seen anything like that on, in, on any level? It's so disheartening. You and I didn't talk about this, but I actually played with his daddy in high school. And I know his mom really, really well. She also went to our high school. So for me personally, to see him go through this is difficult. And to answer your question, no. There, there's something clearly going on with him. And I, you know, I, I really appreciate it what Tom Brady said about having some compassion because it's easy to look at NFL players and say, you know, you guys make this amount of money and you don't, you know, you guys have this and you're a celebrity and all of these things, but clearly mental illness is real. And I'm not sure what his situation is. I have not reached out to his dad. I'll probably do so in a little while once some of this settles just to check on the family. But something is clearly going on with him, and I hope that he gets the care that he needs, whatever that is. Yeah, and I understand that. But here's where I would sort of push back in that. It's consistent with some of his behavior before. It's not like he's been the model citizen and then he had this this outburst out of nowhere. When you hear about a lot of guys with some of the mental illness stuff, the guys that have been under control and done for the most part the right things, and then they have some sort of out-of-character behavior. For him, you know, unless, I mean, again, mental illness could have been there since the beginning, but I don't think this was an acute event where he snapped or he's at a breaking point. I think it's kind of consistent with what he did with quitting on the Pittsburgh Steelers, with going through whatever he went through with the Raiders. I mean, obviously he got caught up in New England, but you know what I'm saying? It's not like 
He's been well. I think that it's consistent. And again, I don't want to give him a label. You know, I want to be careful not to play doctor, but it's consistent with certain mental health issues. It seems to be consistent with something like bipolar. It's consistent with people who are able to compartmentalize and then they lose it in situations. You know, you think about what happened in Oakland with him and the general manager, you know, where he snapped, you know, and and so Again, you know, you, you look at these things from, is this rational behavior? And he has been involved in some things that have not been rational, that in a normal setting, under normal circumstances, you don't perform or act a certain way. And I can just tell you again, I don't want to get too deep because I, I do know his family and I do know some things about him. And we, we just need to pray for him and, you know, hope for the best and that he gets the attention he needs. I think it's a little bit more than just somebody out there acting a fool. Yeah. And, and you know, I, I, for his sake, I hope not. I hope it's not a uh, severe mental illness or some, some bipolar. I mean, I know a lot about that part, but I hope it's not that. And the only thing that I will say as it pertains to Brady's comments is that he does have some insight. And for him to have that kind of empathy he may know more about, obviously he knows more about him and what he's going through, but it, you know, it's also just a, a devastating thing when you think about him and, and even Le'Veon Bell, but both former Pittsburgh Steelers kind of threw away what would have been hall of fame yes. careers. Cause yes. Antonio Brown for two or three years, it was the best receiver in the game. And you hate to see that wasted potential because that really affects uh, what this team is going to be able to do moving forward. And with that, I'm going to ask you about that in a segment that we call Ballin' or Fallin'. In Ballin' or Fallin', we give Reggie an opportunity to tell me if a team in a certain situation, if they're ballin' or if they're fallin'. So are you ready to do this for the first time, Reggie? Ballin' or fallin'. Let's do it. Okay, let's start with the Dallas Cowboys. Cowboys lose to the Arizona Cardinals, and now they really have uh, dropped down and are the fourth seed currently. Now they can move up or down depending on what happens. And now for them to play in the NFC Championship, is that balling or falling for the Dallas Cowboys? Man, that's a tough one. I'm going to say falling. I keep on falling. And I'm going to say falling because – you just don't know what you're going to get. Again, the last time we talked, you just can't trust them, man. You know, you have a game with Arizona where they could easily put themselves, like, in serious conversations for one of the best teams in the NFL, and they perform the way they did on Sunday. And so, for me, I could easily see them balling and being in the NFC Championship, but if I go by their history, I got to say falling. Yeah, well, like I said, it's tough to know what that team is going to do because I know they did suffer big-time injury in Michael Gallup with a torn ACL, so that it will end his season. And so, But, I mean, you still stocked with receivers. You have a, a guy in Amari Cooper. You have C.D. Lamb. You got Schultz that you can throw to. You have a Cedric Wilson who can play. So you have guys that you can go to, and you have all the offensive power, firepower you need to get there. I think I agree with you. I think they're falling. I don't think they'll get to the NFC Championship. Uh, we'll have to see what the matchup is. But right now, yeah, I'm with you falling. Let's talk about an AFC team, a team that 
we sort of always write off, not you necessarily, but collectively we write off the Cincinnati Bengals. They come back from down 20, what, 21 seven at one point and they beat the Kansas City Chiefs at home. It was the first big win that I could think of for Cincinnati in a long, long time. For them to get to the AFC championship game, is that balling or falling? Falling. And the reason I'll say falling is because I think they have an ultra talented team, particularly on the offensive side of the ball. But playoff football is totally different. And with Cincinnati not being there, with Joe Burrow not going there, you know, I think they're going to have to go through their bumps and bruises of making the playoffs and losing and then all of a sudden taking that next step. So I really want to say balling, but just the playoffs and the, you know, the intensity and the weather and all the things that go into playoff football, I really think it takes teams like Cincinnati a year or so to take their bumps and bruises and then they eventually take the next step into the balling. Man, but Jamar Chase was amazing. I thought what Cincinnati did down the stretch was kind of crazy. You just take the field goal. But I guess, you know, even after it failed and they had offsetting penalties, they still went for it again. I'm like, what are they doing? Like, if they lose this game like this, that would be just idiotic of them. But they went for it and they got the win. They didn't give Mahomes a chance to come back and do any magic. And they really, man, for the first time even had they lost that game i would have said man i was impressed by the fact that they hung tough they came back from adversity in that game but i can't see jamar chase having another game like that against kansas city or anybody else in the playoffs so i'm with you and that uh, i think that's falling for the cincinnati Bengals. and finally let's talk about antonio brown's team the tampa bay buccaneers now you're down antonio brown you're down Chris Godwin. You are down right now with Fournette, who's banged up. You have Mike Evans. That's not 100%. Will the Tampa Bay Buccaneers go back to the Super Bowl? Is that balling or falling? Man, this is the toughest one for me. And I'm going to say that they are falling. I keep on falling. As much as I want to say balling with QB12, and Tom Brady, uh, that guy just finds a way to get it done. His entire career, you know, he's had a cast of characters every year, different guys. You know, you talk about years he had Tony Brown as his starting receiver, and then they had Corey Dillon as the lead running back. And, you know, he just finds a way to get it done. And so I see them going far, but, you know, when you lose that much, particularly if Leonard Fournette doesn't come back, you know, if Leonard Fournette comes back, I think it gives them more of an opportunity. But it's, it's, can I change that to ball? And I, I can't bet against <laughs> TB12. I, don't, I can't bet against that dude. So you're going to go, ultimately, you're going to go with balling, right? Balling. <laughs> well, you know what? I mean, I think one thing that we discounted when you talked about what he did was lesser than on the offensive side. You discounted he was playing with Bill Belichick, the best coach in the history of the NFL, if you ask me. <laughs> and so, and so now they – I think that there's a pathway for them 
if they can get Ronald Jones going in the running game and utilize, they have three really quality tight ends. Of course, you got Gronk, you have uh, Cameron Bray, and you have O.J. Howard. Maybe you can work the middle of the field that way. And then you do have some speed with Miller and Nassim. These are inexperienced guys, but maybe they can get it done, but I don't think that they will go to the Super Bowl. I think it's looking like uh, the Green Bay Packers. So I'm going to yeah. say they are falling. Hey, just as a side note, did you see Terrell Owens today tweet out that Tampa Bay should sign him? <laughs> I didn't, but then I don't think I missed anything with that tweet. But hey, man, you know it's so interesting. So he tweeted it, and somebody did exactly what you did and start laughing. He said, "Hey, man, what you laughing for? I'm serious." Yeah, I mean the guy. I've never seen a guy his age in that kind of shape. I bet you he can probably still run a four or five. What you think? Probably, and, and and when I read the tweet, and then there was some, you know, some notes up under it. You know, it's been ten years, man. Yeah, and, nah, he can't. Yeah, that. yeah nah, <laughs> that's nah. too. That's talking too about too. bumps and bruises. That dude would be in a cold tub for the next month going out there playing on that football field right now. <laughs> yeah, so that yeah, there you have it. Before I let you get out of here, I want to give you an opportunity to comment on uh, John Madden passing. Big loss. Dan Reeves also in the NFL. Talk a little bit about what both of those guys did for the NFL fraternity. You know, I'll, I'll just start with Dan Reeves. You know, played for the Cowboys, you know, worked his way up as an assistant coach and on to Denver Broncos and had some really good football teams. You know, those type of coaches, the way that they built men, you know, I wish some of that comes back. You know, they they knew how to make men. And um, with John Madden, though, you know, you're talking just about an icon. You know, I, I'm a little older than you, 51 years old, so I can remember John Madden when I was 1976, 1978. When he oh, was I remember. Coach. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I, I remember his teams competing against the Miami Dolphins with Bob Greasy, and his teams were just so good and so physical, but they were a fun team to watch. And then to see him as a broadcaster and just totally revolutionized. There's been anybody that's changed the way football is viewed. It's been John Madden. You know, he made it palatable for females to start watching football because of his style. And then, you know, to transform it into a whole other industry with Madden football, the guy has just lived a purpose-filled life. He's touched so many lives. He's someone that, you know, I'll remember until it's time for me to transition. And even though I never met him, he just seemed like a great, great guy as well with all of the talent that he had. And so he's certainly going to be missed by NFL fans all across the world. Yeah, I had a chance to meet him and get a picture with him at the Hall of Fame when uh, Strahan was inducted. And uh, I posted that this week on Facebook. I and people. That. Yeah, people were really uh, people who I didn't even realize were, were any kind of sports fans chimed in on that. So that was again speaks to his ability to to transcend just sports fan and uh, really reach a broader audience. Uh, but yeah, I rem and you know I didn't like the Raiders. You know, the Raiders were if the Cowboys were the CBS team, the NBC team was the Raiders yeah. with Kurt Gowdy. And yeah. and, and I I, could, I oh, just oh wow, she just called the name out. Yeah, but you know my team that I you know they're right. 
one of their rivals. I always like Haven Moses and uh, Rob Lido and uh, and Craig Morton at Denver. That was the yes, team, the, the Broncos and and Rick Upchurch and yes, uh, who else was on that team? Yeah, Lyle Zato before he became a Raider was a Denver Bronco. So yeah, yeah, that was the team, man. So yeah, that was my my AFC team. Other than the Oilers, obviously it was the Oilers. Hey man, certainly appreciate your time as always. We look forward to catching up with you real soon. And uh, hey, we'll keep an eye out on these playoffs next time out. Hey, I, I hope I'm wrong because I this week I picked all falling. So hopefully one of those teams <laughs> win and, and prove me wrong. Take care. Have a great week, buddy. Appreciate you. To have your comments heard, call 832-941-6614. Appreciate Reggie, and it's great to have him on his second time on the podcast. Hope you like him. Give us some comments, 832-941-6614. Well, with that, it's time for the Lamont Award. I don't want to wish you no bad luck. But I hope your ship sinks with no lifeboats and no life preservers and a school of piranhas surrounding you, you big dummy. The Lamont Award goes to the player, team, entity, someone in or around the world of sports that we deem to be the big dummy of the episode. Well, if you know D-Wade, you know that I am a cowboy hater. I'm not, you know, and I don't hate him like I did as, as a kid. There are guys on there that I like. And, and matter of fact, I pick those guys on fantasy a lot. When I'm gambling, and I picked them to win, you know, I picked them to win. I don't, I'm not blinded by my hatred of Dallas. And I did give props to Jerry World. We were down that way during football season. My boy Marcus Ware, happy birthday, Marcus Ware. Uh, he went down there for the Washington football game a few weeks ago. So you know, it's not all as much just venom as it used to be. But I never miss an opportunity to recognize the Cowboys for what they are, and they blew a game. Sunday versus Arizona at home. And they may have to play them again in Dallas in the playoffs. But they were a man down. And this time, it's a guy who is a real Lamont. I'm talking about Keanu Neal. Now, you can say what you want about individual choice and and get the vaccine or don't get the vaccine. But this cat who is vital, he's not a star, but he's important to the team, and I'll tell you why he was really important Sunday. Well, he missed his second game of the season for the second time he was positive with COVID. So that's two games. And I don't understand. You got it. I don't know if you got sick or not. I guess you – did you think you had antibodies? Did you just not want to take the extra step to get the shot after you got sick? I don't get it. And if you question it, like for all of those who are just doing their own research – Do you realize 9.21 billion people have taken the vaccine? 3.88 billion have been fully vaccinated. So, again, what are you waiting for? Because if 9.2 million people fell out or got senility from COVID, the world is not going to be functional anyway. So for the 9.21 billion around the world who've taken a shot, uh, that doesn't give you kind of like, oh, okay, I can rest assured that I'll be okay with the vaccine. And, and again, I don't know. Uh, maybe I'll give him an exit. He may, he just may have a pre-existing condition where he can't take the vaccine. 
But I tell you what, his absence left the Cowboys with just three veteran linebackers, three NFL linebackers. They did call somebody up from the practice squad. So down the stretch, when your team needs you, you left them down to three linebackers. You had another injury on that team earlier in the week, and there were just three linebackers. Now, again, I didn't break down the game field, so I don't know how much a missing linebacker meant to the Dallas Cowboys if guys missed plays because they needed a blow and couldn't get anybody to uh, give them uh, a break and, and come in and play for a couple of plays. But I will tell you this, because Keanu Neal, you got COVID and missed two. Now you got it twice. and You missed not one, but two games with COVID. Unfortunately, you are a big dummy. You big dummy. <laughs> <laughs> Now again, this is all in fun, so I'm not criticizing his choice to not take the vaccine, except that I am. <laughs> so you know, guys, you guys know it clearly where I stand on this, and I know some people disagree, but I frankly don't give a damn. I've had uh, what environmental toxicologists on, I've had epidemiologists, I've had experts on to explain to folks, and I've had not one, not two, but I've had three vaccines, and I'm still as crazy as I've always been. So with that, before I let go, before I let go, before I let go, hey, want to thank our guy Reggie Brown, want to thank our DJ DJ Anarchy, want to thank our sponsors Cobank Homes and Brighter Brains, want to thank you guys, want to thank you so much for all your support in 2021, looking forward to a great 2022, always looking for feedback, input, please on these different forums that you listen to the podcast, please comment. If you're on Apple Podcasts, leave a comment, rate us, do all of that good stuff. Anywhere you are, rate us, comment, and uh, show us some love. We certainly appreciate it. In the meantime, also go to Facebook, the Sports Talk with Devin Wade group, and give us a call on the sports line, 832-941-6614, and on Twitter at Wade's Word. And if you can't remember any of that, please remember these four things. Number one, I don't do no favors after 6 o'clock in the evening. Two, I ain't got no money. Three, I'm not harboring any fugitives from justice. And four, bye. This has been the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. Remember, you can follow him on Twitter at Wade's Word. Thank you for listening.